0: Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible, on the Streetlights America podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Daily Audio Bible. In our last episode, we covered chapter 48, and Jacob blesses Joseph's sons and considers them as his own, which will be important as they are counted among the twelve tribes of Israel years later. Today, we are covering chapter 49. And here, Jacob continues as he's blessing all of his sons and prophesying about their futures. And he is doing this because his life is drawing to an end. Now, what we will see in the future, and I will like to discuss at the end of this episode, is how every prediction about each son's descendants came to pass in years and years afterwards. So, without further ado, let's begin. And Jacob called his sons, and said, Gather together, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, you shall not excel. Because you went up from your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, For it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. And lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who rose him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Sheol comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people, binding his donkey to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He shall wash his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes, His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall join Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, lying down between two burdens. He saw the rest was good, and that the land was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path, that bites the horse's heels so that its rider shall fall backwards. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Gad, a troop shall tramp upon him, but he shall triumph at last. Bread from Asher shall be rich and he shall yield royal dainties naphtali is a deer let loose he uses beautiful words joseph is a fruitful bough a fruitful bough by a well his branches run over the wall the archers have bitterly grieved him shot at him and hated him but his bow remains in strength and his arms and his hands are made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. For there is a shepherd, the stone of Israel, by the God of your Father who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb, the blessings of your Father, have excelled the blessings of many ancestors upon the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of the head of him who is separated from his shoulders. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, And this is what their father spoke to them. And he blessed them. He blessed each one according to his own blessing. Then he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Mechpala, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite, as a position for a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. And that will conclude today's reading. Now, I would like to just quickly go over some of the blessings and prophecies that Jacob makes concerning his sons. Now, bear in mind, I am not a superior scholar. I don't necessarily have years and years of research behind me. But it's really not that difficult to study God's word and to see how things turned out for them. So I'm just going to run through them briefly and just discuss high points and things of interest. Now, for Reuben... The firstborn of Israel, there's not too much that I have to say concerning him and his blessings, but the decisions that he made in his past would continue to affect his family and his descendants after him. Now, I have mentioned this before, but especially when you're the fatherhead of a family or a parent, or in any form of leadership, especially with children, it's very important that you do your best. Not saying you don't stumble fall, that kind of thing, but making terrible decisions as Reuben did concerning his father, definitely avoidable. Now Simeon and Levi are interesting, and the reason why they were both included together is because they were the two that kind of led the the act of revenge against Shechem the Hivite when he asked for their sister after he had already defiled her against her will, mind you. Now, the interesting result of this is in verse 7, and this is what affects the generations of the future, where it says, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Now, the tribe of Levi, God years later, would ordain as the priesthood, with Aaron's family being the head of them. Now, why that is important is because the priest had no inheritance in the land of Israel. Unlike the rest of the Israel, when they would return years later, They were not allotted any land or any possession of their own. What they did have, however, were some cities among the tribes. Hence, in that way, they were scattered throughout Israel. Now, Simeon, he did have a lot cast for him in Israel, but he basically ended up being encompassed by Judah. So, really, he had no borders of his own. He was within another nation. Now we come to Judah, who I find perhaps one of the most important tribes of Israel for a multitude of reasons. Disclaimer, not importance in terms of racial or anything like that. No, in terms of what God promised would come out of them and what God has done through them already. Now, you see, it says here that Judah would essentially be the leader nation among the tribes of Israel. And that in one way or another, they would always be, in a way, a leader For instance, when the nation of Israel finally decided to have a king over them, rather than live by the law of the land, Judah would become the leader throughout the majority of the kingdom periods, starting with David. Even after the great divide between them, with the nation of Israel towards the north, and the nation of Judah towards the south, Judah still remained on the throne as a tribe for years. Now, verse 10 is kind of interesting because it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Sheol comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, we may scratch our heads now and say, wait, the nations of Israel are split now, and it's very difficult, even with our modern technology and DNA testing, to truly determine who was from which tribe. Well, there's a little more to this one verse. God promised Judah that the scepter would never depart, right? Nor a lawgiver leave him, right? Well, years later, God promised the same thing to King David, saying that none of his descendants would ever cease to sit on the throne. And again, a lot of people would be like, well, they're not sitting on the throne now. They have a presidency in Israel. And you would be right. And the reason for that is, again, I'm just talking off the top of my head I haven't written down all the verses, but I remember this. That when God separated them from the land of Israel after the kingdom period, he told them that no king of Israel would sit on the throne until the Messiah comes to reign. And who was Jesus Christ, the Messiah, through? The tribe of Judah. So even though now the nation of Israel does not necessarily have a king, God's promise to David and to the tribe of Judah as a whole, has not failed. Because God has made Jesus Christ the Lord of all. He is the heir by God's standard to the throne of Israel. And in the last days, he will continue to reign in Israel. Thus keeping the promise of Judah that the scepter would never leave, and to the Messiah the obedience of the people would be. Now, Zebulun, much simpler, it was told that he would inherit the coastal lines along the shores of Israel. Issachar, in their inheritance, would be seen as servants. Now, Dan, in their inheritance, would become one of the mightier tribes of Israel, but they would also be one of the tribes that have a habit of falling away from the Lord, and sadly would act as a snare to the children of Israel during the kingdom periods. Gad? very simple and straightforward, would see times of hardship at the hands of others, at the hands of other enemies, but he would, in the end, triumph over all. Asher would become rich in the future. Naphtali is kind of a footloose and fancy-free individual. And Joseph, even though this might be considered an existing blessing, this is more or less a telling of the blessings that have already come upon him. How despite the bitterness that his brothers showed him, and all the hatred he endured, the mistreatment he endured from his owners, how God was with him always, and that God in his might made him fruitful even in his exiles, and the tribe of Benjamin would be wild, not necessarily unruly, but they were fierce fighters, hunters, and warriors, And in the future, we will see that they have a very interesting history with the rest of Israel. In fact, Israel's very first king, Saul, was from the tribe of Benjamin. That role of leadership would later be given to David and the house of Judah. In the meantime, this will conclude today's episode. As always, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and for spending some time in God's Word. As always, thank you so much for listening,